Welcome to Terrific Tips for Business, where we help you catch the ideas that stick. The point of the podcast is to help you overcome hurdles so you can master your business. I'm your host, Terry Watkins, owner and chief idea catcher at SpinFrogs Consulting, where I work with small business owners to find the pitfalls in their marketing and lift them to success. Let's get to the show. Welcome to another terrific tips for business uh, or terrific tips for business. I'm Terry, your host, and we can't spell terrific without Terry. So that's why it's called that. Um, today I have the totally awesome Nicole Kaufman with me and she is amazing. I can't wait to share you with her because she's just beautiful or rather the other way around. You know what I mean? It's Friday morning. Anyway, high performance consulting is what Nicole does. What's that? Mm -hmm. High performance counseling. Counseling, not consulting. Sorry. (laughs) No worries. You can edit this, right? I sure can. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to rewind and start that again. (laughs) Okay. So I'm Terry, your host, and we're tuning into another terrific tips for business or terrific tips for business because you can't spell terrific without Terry. And I'm so excited to have my friend Nicole with us today. And I cannot wait to have you listen to what she has to say because she is amazing. So Nicole Kaufman owns a company called High Performance Counseling, and she's based in North Carolina. So let me tell you a little bit about Nicole, and you'll understand really quickly why I think she's so awesome. So she is a North Carolina native, and Nicole received her undergraduate degree from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill in 1993, and her master's in clinical mental health counseling in 2005, or 2015. In 2016, Nicole opened her high-performance consulting private practice in Greensboro. Counseling, even. Why why do I keep doing that? (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) So she opened high-performance counseling private practice in Greensboro, North Carolina, in 2016. High-performance counseling focuses its treatment and its approach to goal-directed, action-oriented individuals who want to take a laser-focused vision to improving motivation, enthusiasm, and creativity in their lives. Holy crap. You know why she's on the show now, right? Because she has like, dedicated her life to helping totally awesome business people and individuals make their lives everything that they want it to be. Very, very cool. HPC works with entrepreneurs, independent creatives, and high net worth individuals who don't want therapy. They just want results. We all know that there's more to life and there's more out there for each one of us. And Nicole really makes it her mission to help you find what that is for you and really move the needle forward for yourself and for your goals and for your business. So please join me in welcoming Miss Nicole to the show. Nicole, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Terry. I love what you're doing with the podcast and I'm a fan. I've listened to several of your episodes and uh, pure gold, a lot of good stuff there. So um, I love what you're doing. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, thank you for taking the time to listen to this show. I appreciate that. And it's always fun to have a fan on the show. Absolutely. So I have to ask, 
why do you care so much about high performance and helping people like get where they want to go? Well, um, I've been in counseling uh, myself, uh, right? All good therapists have had therapy at one point or another. And I always felt like the therapy that I got was, it was, it was good. Some, some of it was not that great, but it was good, but it didn't, I never felt like I was leveled up. I felt like I was pretty much brought back to baseline. I just didn't feel terrible anymore. I didn't feel anxious or I wasn't as depressed, but I didn't feel motivated. I didn't feel like, okay, I've got the tools now and the motivation to move my life, really level up in my life. And I thought, you know what? I want to be that therapist. I know there are a lot of coaches out there that, and, and this kind of bleeds into the coaching thing. But I think that, that therapy can be a really nice mix of actual therapy, because I am a licensed therapist, and really good coaching um, to help people to actually level up. So we, we get all that childhood stuff worked out, right? And, and we get our, our emotions back in check, but then we're able to um, kind of put that all together and say, okay, what's next? So that, that's why I care about it so much because for so long it just seemed, and, and I still think that therapy is just about kind of talking you better and, um, and, and, and there is value in that. I'm not discounting all other therapists are saying that my way is the only way to do it. I also think that there is a way to do it that makes therapy fun, that makes therapy valuable. Because a lot of people see, especially goal-directed, action-oriented people, they see therapy as kind of a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And that is my one of the pet peeves of mine. I do not want to waste anybody's time. So if it takes you, you know, a few sessions to work with me or one session to work with me and we can get you sorted out, awesome. Yeah. If it takes it, I've had therapy clients for five years that are still on a check-in basis with me. That works too. But I am here to get you where you need to go in the fastest, um, in the fastest time possible. So that's the whole high performance thing. It's high performance for me, but I'm going to get you there too so that you can be more high performance. Does that make sense? I love it. So your mission is really not to just help you kind of put your pieces back together and help you feel like whole again, but to help you feel whole again and then, and then some, and let you take whatever that next step is for you. Exactly. And, and it's not about diagnosis. I, I am, of course, I will diagnose you. And, but then the question becomes, now what? All right, what are we doing? Right? It, it's not about, all right, let's just explore the diagnosis and what all that means. But okay, how can we move it to the next level? How can we take care of the here and now? Di- you are not your diagnosis. And so I really don't treat from that standpoint. I treat as, you know, what can we do with what we have? I, I actually have very high functioning clients who manage bipolar. I have very high functioning clients who are managing depression. Um, and, and all of these folks, yeah, they have a diagnosis, but it's like, okay, um, how can we leverage up? How can we um, make this actually work to your advantage, believe it or not? And, and we're, we're making, it, making it happen. 
that's the key making whatever your diagnosis is first of all doesn't define you as an individual right it's just a diagnosis and then second of all how can we use it to make us better that's exactly. such a beautiful approach mm -hmm. and i don't know that i've ever hear, heard anybody else taking that approach mm -hmm. i i i think it's i think it's more fun and i think it's it's more about, okay, it's just a thing. And just like your hair color is your hair color. You know, we can change it. <laughs> we can change, we can, you know, you want to go blonde, we can go blonde, right? Um, we can change things around for you. And, and if you're here for it, then so am I. And I love people coming through the door. And, and most people nowadays, given their webs and how much we, we see online, most people know what's going on for them. You know, people are familiar with concepts of, of anxiety or overwhelm or depression or uh, stress. People understand usually what's kind of popping up for them. They just want ways to be able to handle it better and to, to maybe resolve some of the stuck things that they've always thought were true about themselves that now are not serving them anymore. So how can we get over on that? How can we kind of get around that? Or, or you know, it's perspective taking. Look at it in a different way that, okay, this, this used to be true or this is what we grew up believing. So how can we think differently about that now in a way that serves us um, in our business and, and, and what we want to accomplish in our lives? That's so amazing. And I imagine, especially right now, you're starting to see a lot more of the anxiety and the depression kind of show its face because of everything that's been going on worldwide, both from the, the civil unrest as well as the, the virus and the isolation stuff. Is there a process that you kind of take your clients through that you might be able to give us a glimpse of, of what that, that kind of looks like to go from from being in that stuck place to mm -hmm. seeing a different, seeing a change in yourself? Seeing or, a change? Yeah. Well, it's, I, I wish it were formulaic, right? And then everybody could do the same process and they'd be lined up down the corner just to get in and go through my process, right? It, so it's actually a pretty individual approach. Um, on the whole, people come in for initial session. They tell me what they think is going on for them or what they believe to be going on for them. We, I always do a history. So we go in the back, back machine. If you were my client, Terry, I'd say, let's, let's talk about uh, what it was like growing up being baby Terry and, um, you know, step, step through your history with you and really take a listen and, and look at that and see what were the learned behaviors, what were um, culturally some of the things that were um, taught to you um, and, and what you came away with. And now, the whole kind of Dr. Phil of, of how's that working for you? Okay, let's, let's, let's tease this stuff out and see if we can't turn some of it out on its head and, and approach it differently. And um, so I, I take a biopsychosocial approach. So I'll look at everything for you from um, what are you eating? Are you sleeping? What kind of um, uh, vitamin or supplement habits do you have? Uh, all of the things, because change doesn't happen in a vacuum. It takes a lot of different areas. And quite frankly, um, it's not going to be me that changes you. It's going to be you. So however that works for you, if it's a combination of, um, you know, better sleep hygiene and taking, you know, uh, a good multivitamin and coming to therapy once a week, boom. 
okay? That, that works for you. If it's coming straight therapy and you start a journaling habit that works for you, then, and that works, great. I always also suggest some sort of um, biofeedback and whether that is a focused breathing uh, exercise. And you had a, um, actually a therapist on before who talked about uh, the benefits of focused breathing. And it is so simple to do. And the very first thing that is triggered with the stress response. So anything from stroke focused breathing to meditation to tapping, all of these different things are great ways to bring yourself back to baseline, bring yourself to center on a physiological level. All right. So it calms your brain down and it calms your body down. And so I'm always emphasizing that brain body connection in our, in our sessions as well. My, my clients are so cerebral. Um, I have a lot of smart people, <laughs> like really like brilliant people coming through my office. And, and, and they're so cerebral that they forget about their bodies. They forget that they're actually, you know, really stressed out a lot of the times. Um, and so it, bringing us back to that place is also a focus of mine. So it's definitely my approach is very individualistic. When my folks are seeing shifts, um, they will start to see a significant shift uh, within four to six sessions of working with me. I, I practically guarantee that, that, that something will change for you pretty quickly. And I used to not think that. I, I, I thought that that was, a, over, that was over promising, right? I wanted to be very careful about what I pr promised in terms of results. But that's what I see. It's, it's what people say, they're like, I can't believe that I've only seen you a few times and, and stuff is coming together for me. Well, there you go. You know, and it wasn't me. I, you know, I never say that it's me, but folks see a difference. And so I've, I've started telling people that work with me. I will get you there. I will get you there. Just try to trust the process. I will get you there. And I think it's really interesting too, that you're, you're not just tying their history and looking at their their childhood and the things that they experienced as a child, but you're looking at, well, what else was happening in that time, like socially, mm -hmm. e economically, politically, and how did those things uh, not just affect this individual, but how this individual was raised and the viewpoints and the belief systems that were then instilled upon them, and how are those things affecting their behavior today? Because we do, we get shaped very early and we carry it forward with us for the rest of our life. And if we don't take that time to look at, well, what did that mean? And is that serving me anymore? If we don't take that time to ask that question, we're going to just carry around this bag that wasn't even ours. Our that life. is exactly right. Yeah. And, and one of the things that particularly um, ties into what you're saying I, I speak with a lot of entrepreneurs and, and we always talk about money mindset and the idea of scarcity or abundance. And as it, money mindset is really much, very much baked in when we're kids. It's how our um, parents taught us about money. It was how it, it was treated in the household. Um, I, when I was growing up, um, my, we were always, um, Two steps from the bread line is what I always, it was, it was always felt. We were clipping coupons. I learned how to clip coupons when I was six, right out of the Sunday paper. 
um, it was always about saving money, always, always, always saving money to the point that, you know, uh, my dad wouldn't, you know, he'd tell us, shut the front door, you know, my butt's not a generator um, during the summer, right? Because the air conditioning was going out the front door. Um, all of these things that are kind of in your mindset growing up as to how you approach money. And instead of seeing money as a, as a means, right? And that more is always coming. Um, instead, I was raised that we're gonna run out, right? And my then what happens, yeah. right? Oh my God. So, and that's something that I've had to work on for myself for years. Um, to, to kind of get past and, and be okay with and not feel like, oh no, you know, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to, it's going to run out. And, and, and then what happens, you know, certain death, certain, uh, calamity. Um, and, and as an entrepreneur, when your finances, uh, are not predictable and when we have interruptions in the economy, like, uh, COVID, then, then how do you think about money? Then how do you approach finance? So it's definitely a head game. It's definitely a head game. Oh, and I think you're absolutely right. I definitely think if you are in a, a world where you grew up believing or being taught that money was a scarcity, it was a, a finite resource that there was only so much of it. When you go through a crisis situation like we have with COVID and things being shut down, it, it sets panic mode in. And, and then panic shuts everything else down because you can't think when you're in panic. You have to, exactly. you can only project and move forward if you're clear and you're not in panic, if you're calm. Mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. And I love too how you mentioned that you bring the whole body into it and what they're eating and how they're sleeping because it is all connected. What we mm -hmm. feed ourselves we are what we eat and we've all heard this since we were really young. Right. But we think I'm not an apple. <laughs> no, right. <You> know? right. <laughs> like apples don't have arms. <laughs> exactly. I think I even said that when I was a kid. <laughs> right. Right. But we are though, like all of the things that the apple has, all of the nutrients that it has. And if you don't eat the apple, what is that doing to your gastrointestinal tract and how is that affecting your brain? Because it mm -hmm. is all connected from a very chemical level, very physio physiological level and Absolutely. they do play off of each other. So that's really interesting. Well, and, and, you know, if you've listened to some of the research, um, that's out there and, and, and so they, they refer to the stomach being the second brain, right? And a lot of your um, anxiety, the cortisol and your stress hormones are made in the gut, right? So, you know, that whole funny tummy feeling, you know, when you get nervous or when you get depressed or you lose your appetite, right? Um, all of those things are made in the gut. So if we have a happy gut, then we can have a happy brain. They are very much connected. And so that's part of my approach too, is that, okay, if, if we're taking care of our brain, then we can calm our gut down. If we're taking care of our gut, then we can calm our brain down. So getting those things in balance and, and it can happen pretty quickly, believe it or not. It can happen. Um, I tell people uh, pro tip, if you're feeling anxious or if you can't sleep um, at night, 
go ahead and, and take a take a little sip of something is what I say and not what you think people are like yeah I'll just take a shot of you know shot of Jack or something right no no um, take a shot of kombucha if you're not drinking kombucha um, you are missing out um, I don't I don't get anything from promoting kombucha, but uh, I will tell people drink a little bit of kombucha. It will calm you right down and help you go back to sleep. If you're feeling nervous or if you're having kind of a rough day or getting hit from all sides, feeling overwhelmed, drinking kombucha can, can really even you out and it's, you don't have to do anything, just drink it. Right. So um, give that a shot. Also uh, cashews, cashews are nature's, nature's Prozac. If you didn't know that, a handful of cashews. I know it's very hard for me. I like to eat half of the can of cashews um, because to me they they taste wonderful. But a handful of cashews a day will also help with um, helping you feel up and even. So you know, just those couple of things that you can do diet-wise uh, can make a, a little difference, and they're easy. That's the thing. I don't want to tell people to suddenly revamp their entire lives around what we're doing in my office. I want to do something that's quick, that's easy, that's seamless, that can kind of weave into what they're already doing because you're already busy, right? You've already, you've got a business. You might have a relationship. You might have kids. You might have pets. You might have all of these things, aging parents. You might have, oh, I don't know, a pandemic to deal with also. So you've got all these things happening in your life so, you know, the idea, I don't want the idea of therapy going to, oh God, I got to go talk to this girl again. We're going to talk about my feelings for 50 minutes and, you know, and, and it's static and it's just like, okay, that happened. I, I, don't, I, I want it to be like, okay, I came out of there and I've got stuff I can do and stuff I can use. And this was helpful for me. Right. And, and, you know, the, the last thing I want to do is waste your time. <laughs> So you help them really kind of develop some kind of action plan of things that they can apply today and then exactly. next week when you see them, well, how's that going for you now? Exactly. And that's a lot of my sessions are, okay, tell me what happened last week. The last time we talked about this, did you do that? So, um, it, you know, a couple of things. Um, I will tell you about yourself. Let me just tell you that right now. Um, I, I will just tell you, I, I will not mince words. Um, I, I'm not going to love you better. And it's not all about, well, how, how, you know, how do you feel about that? Uh, I'm going to be very straightforward. And um, we drop F-bombs. We, I mean, we are very colorful in my therapy office. All right. And I like it that way. Um, one of my clients um, came to my office. She thought she was um, going, she thought she was bipolar. And um, upon further investigation, it turned out that she was actually smoking quite a bit of marijuana. And, <laughs> and, and you know, which everybody is, is cool with, you know, and uh, everybody wants to legalize and, and that's a whole other podcast, right? But conversation said, for a different day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a different day. Um, but I said to her, I said, you know, a couple of things. One, bipolar is not a diagnosis you want, right? I mean, it, we, we don't go around, I said, because those medications for that diagnosis are really heavy duty. I said, 
And I said, I can't diagnose you with that, with you, with this off the rails pot habit. I was like, you, you can't have, you can't have it both ways. I said, so you want this diagnosis really bad. You're going to have to get off the pot. All right. You're just going to have to stop. And, and I said, so, you know, and that could be what's causing you to be all over the board, just guessing. Right. And she did not expect for me to say that she wanted me to just tick through, diagnose, say, yeah, that's what's going on. I was like, and, and I told her, I said, if you're going to play this game where you want this uh, diagnosis and you want to smoke pot all the time, I said, you're going to do rent a friend. And that's what I've become for you is rent a friend. I, I, I'm, I'm not a therapist if I'm not telling you what needs to kind of happen here with this situation. I'm not in the business of giving advice. Don't get me wrong. But it, let me tell you, uh, the, the good news is that this girl came right around, um, reduced it significantly, had a huge uptick in, in functioning and mood within about six sessions. So, uh, you know, and if I had just said, okay, let's step you through the diagnosis process and, and see if we can't get this bipolar out there, um, then that probably wouldn't have happened. Um, yeah. and, and not everybody will do that. I'll do that. And, and it wouldn't have served her in the long run. Because so, what would have happened is she yeah. would have been diagnosed with this. She would have carried around this diagnosis the rest of her life. She would have been on some medication. And what if five years from now, she's not smoking pot anymore? Right. Now she's not experiencing the bipolar issues, but she's still on the bipolar medicine. So what uh, is yeah. that doing to her? It can get, medicines can get really funky. Um, and I've, I've had people who were taking medicine. They're like, I don't even know if it's working anymore. I, I think it worked for a little while. Uh, I, I kind of like not to be on any medicine. And, and I'm like, let's go. Yes. Let's see if we can get you off this. Let's titrate you down. Let's see if we can get you off this. I would love for you not to be on medicine. So this is not the case, um, just caveat for uh, folks managing bipolar or schizophrenia. Those are conditions that need to be medicated and uh, respond very well to medication. But most everything else, uh, let's see about stepping down. Absolutely, I am there for it. And I've had several clients who have um, managed to titrate their medication um, in, in, and work with me and their medical provider to responsibly bring that down so that they don't need it anymore. So it, it is possible. That's amazing. And I've heard people talk about being able to get off of medication after, after doing different things, after changing their diet, after yeah. being a therapist, you know, and talking through some of the challenges or when they stop self-medicating, all of a sudden they have this burst of inspiration and creativity and ability to do things that they never could do before, but they stop self-medicating and you don't realize how much that self-medication can hold you back. Some people think that it's releasing them and it's letting them be free and they use it as the crutch that lets them be free, but really it's preventing them from accomplishing the things that they want to accomplish. You got that right. It's yes. all in moderation. All of mm -hmm. the things in life have to happen in moderation, right? You yep. can't just be all in one thing because then we miss everything else. Exactly. And change doesn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah. Right. There's, there's, there's so much that, that factors into it. And, um, you know, I don't think that there's any laser, um, laser cure for anything. 
um, medication helps you get out of a flat spin. But long term, my issue with medication is that what is it really doing? Um, if you are not doing the work, um, and you know the best approach is medication plus therapy, mm-hmm. and because if medication just worked on its own, um, we'd all be popping pills, and I wouldn't have a job, right? Um, it, it doesn't work that well. It just it's, doesn't. It's yeah. just like the weight loss pill. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You've got the weight loss pills that are out there that are like, oh, we promise that if you take this pill, you're going to lose like 12 pounds in a month mm-hmm. with diet and exercise. With diet and exercise. Exactly. And then I'm yeah. like, so what's the pill doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if I doing exactly. Exactly. Because if I diet and exercise, I'm pretty sure like if I do all of the right things, I'm going to lose the 12 pounds anyway. And I didn't need the pill. So I could have saved $65 and still lost. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the placebo effect is true every single day of the week and twice on Tuesday. Right. So (laughs) the placebo effect, you know, so yeah, take the pill. You'll probably lose 12 pounds. If you believe you're going to lose the 12 pounds, you probably will. 80% 80% of the time that that statement is true, that if you believe it, um, then, then more than likely your brain and body will manufacture the chemicals necessary in order for you to get the result that you're wanting to see. Um, placebo effect, there it is. Well, so- and here's something interesting. Um, I'm taking a, a neuro-linguistic programming course just to mm-hmm. expand my knowledge base. Yeah. And one of the bits of information that he, the course educator teacher had shared was we as human beings process 2 million bits of data every second uh-huh. of every day, uh-huh. but on, we only can actually process 134 bits per second. So we receive yes. 2 million, but we can only process 134. So then if you think about that and we think about the stories that we've told ourselves about the things that we're doing, our habits, our behaviors, our beliefs, our, our history, those are all based on only 134 bits of data in a second. What about the other over a million bits that we left Absolutely. out? And I think that's why it's so important to have people who can help you walk through that and find those missing bits of data because they're in there. You just didn't mm-hmm. process them. They're there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you can find those missing bits, all of a sudden you're able to tell yourself an entirely different story Yes, because you found those missing parts. Mm-hmm. And so okay. being able to kind of walk through that and have that conversation with somebody, because it's hard to do that work by yourself. It really is. And I love that you're doing an NLP program. That's, that's awesome. I want to talk with you further about that. I've thought about taking one of those courses myself. Um, I'm I think so excited. Really yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're such, we're such, um, we're such psychology nerds here. Yes, yeah. we are <laughs> all day long. Um, but yeah, one of the things I tell my people and, and as part of the process that you talked about earlier one of the things I tell them is that we believe the messages we tell ourselves, right? So let's change the messaging a little bit. Let's, and, and men are we harsh on ourselves, right? I mean, nobody talks more horribly to you than you, right? And we are so judgmental. We are so critical, so harsh with these standards that nobody can possibly, um, 
attain, but we expect ourselves to, of course, because we should have, and we should have attained that standard when? Yesterday, right? Yeah. So is it, you know, it, getting people to acknowledge that, hey, is it possible that this could be the case? Is it possible that maybe, you know, we could give credit for, to ourselves a little bit for what we've done? And, and just changing that languaging, changing that self-talk. And I've had people go so far as to write a script of, of what to tell themselves, or, you know, this is kind of your, your Vince Lombardi coaching session for today, right? To kind of get you going and, and to encourage yourself, right? Because, it, you know, as adults, we're not getting that girl. We're not getting that attaboy from most people, not from our partner and not from society at large usually. So we're in charge of that. So, um, and, and, and as entrepreneurs and business people, right? I mean, getting out of bed as an entrepreneur or, or keeping moving or, you know, finding the motivation to keep going as an entrepreneur, that is a head game. That is an inside job. And so you've got to be, you know, 100% for that in order to keep moving yourself forward because you're it, you're, you're the one who's doing it. And going back to the, the attaboy, girl thing, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you're not getting that from your boss either. Mm -mm. When you're an employee, you can have a manager who's going to give you the accolades or who's going to acknowledge when you're doing a good job. But when you're the boss, you don't have anybody acknowledging when you're doing a good job. So mm -hmm. You have to figure out a way to help yourself acknowledge yourself when you're exactly. doing a good job. Uh, I know and for me, one of the biggest challenges has always been myself. And so mm -hmm. helping myself to see the wins and make yes. my wins very visible, make them a vision board and, and put all the testimonials on one board or take yes. a, a collage of videos of your people that you've served and the stories that they've told and the impact that you've had and make it something that's on your desktop so that when you're having one of those like, I don't really want to do this today days, you can watch that and be like, yeah, I do. Cause that was mm -hmm. awesome. Like yeah. I would do that again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we'll tie our success to what our bank account looks like. Oh, yeah. And if we had a bad month or we had some clients that didn't come through, or we had some clients that quit, uh, working with us for whatever reason, uh, we look at that as a failure or we look at that, that as, oh, you know, we're, we're not doing, you know, something right, whatever that is, we're not doing it right. So, um, and, and that becomes almost boundless, right? Because when is enough enough? It, when you re reach that, you know, XYZ figure in your bank account, does that mean you're doing things right? Yes. So it's this whole judgment of, and, and tying it to math, I mean, this is just, it's, it's not personal, it's math. And so we get in this headspace of, of what does it mean to succeed and what does it mean to, um, to, to know that you're actually doing well at your job and, and to be able to tell yourself that rather than, okay, we got to grind, we got to hustle, we got to kick, kick the door in on this, we, we got to, you know, spend all night and spend all day and spend all the hours. And, um, you know, is that what you want from your life? Yeah. That's the question.
And when we we're in this culture right now, this hustle culture, and it's been glorified mm-hmm. and it's been idolized. And, and I looked at my husband one day and I was like, but I don't want to work 14 hours a day. That's why mm-hmm. I work for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't right. want that. Mm-hmm. And, and why, I mean, I get putting in some extra sweat equity in the beginning because you're building something, mm-hmm. but there has to come a point where you're like, okay, my nights are sacred. My weekends are sacred. I am doing only what I want to do. Now, if what I want to do is work, fine, do Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But only do what you want to do in your time. You have to set up boundaries of your time. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be in, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to give yourself a heart attack. You're going to stress out and and Mm -hmm. you're going to find yourself needing more than just counseling, you're going to need therapy, right? To yeah, really absolutely. Yeah. Workaholism is an addiction, um, like any kind of substance, like gambling, like video game addiction. Workaholism is an addiction. Um, and I grew up with, uh, my dad was an entrepreneur, is still an entrepreneur today at 75. Um, but I grew up in a household and, and he, my dad loves to work and he has worked um, our entire lives and at the expense of most everything else, um, unfortunately. And I saw that firsthand and both my brother and I, um, to this day, we vow that we will, we will not be like that. And um, it, it has some really the downside on that is huge for relationships and for your overall mindset and um, self-esteem for what you're doing, you know, the way that you're imparting that to your kids. And it wasn't hundred percent bad hundred percent of the time. I mean, there, you know, my dad made some money. He was in a service-based business. Um, I don't want to give the impression like he was a hedge fund manager or something and made gazillions. That, that, that <laughs> he, he wasn't the guy in billions. No, 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 no. driving around in your own helicopter. No, my dad drove around in a 1967 Cadillac hearse. He was a chimney sweep um, and uh, did chimney work and repair from the time I was nine years old to uh, still today. And that was my my parents' service-based business. They ran it out of their master bedroom in our little house in a small town in Kernersville. Or, uh, or the small town of Kernersville. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was how I grew up. And he insisted on doing all of it himself all, all the time. Um, so the, the need to work and the need to put in 70, 80 hours a week um, is after a while it becomes an addiction because you don't really know what else to do with your time. You really don't know how to enjoy your life. And that is the line of demarcation between, you know, your business, you running your business and your business running you. When you lose all sense of what hobbies are. Yeah. Like you don't know how to have fun anymore. Right. Somebody asks you what you've been up to and your answer is, uh, work. Yeah. I've been working a lot. Well, and the social that that's the problem is that there is a lot of, um, uh, social sanctioning for working, right? If you're, if you're hustling, if you're grinding all the time, if you're putting in the hours, that's, that's socially sanctioned as okay or admirable even. 
yeah. right? That you are working so hard. It's that whole Protestant work ethic kind of coming back that, you know, you're, you're earning a spot in heaven, aren't you? Because you're working so hard, right? Because if so, you're not, then you're obviously lazy. Yes, because if you're not, then what, you know, what are you doing, right? Then why do you exist is, it, yeah, the antithesis of that, right? So finding that balance, and I, I work with a lot of clients who need to find that balance. And, 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 and here's the dirty little secret. Actually, you don't have to work that hard. And if you do have to work that hard, then there's something wrong. There's so, honestly, there's something really, really wrong if you're having to put in 14, 18 hour days continually. I'm not saying that we haven't all worked on a Saturday or tried to push out a project. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying, you know, is that if that is your life all the time, then it's time to reexamine. So, you know, I would, I would invite that conversation for sure. Might be time to look at how do you duplicate yourself? How do you streamline a process? How yes. do you hire somebody? How, maybe there's a new piece of technology or a tool that you can use that's going to allow you to speed things up so that you're not having to take so much of your time. I was having a great conversation with somebody recently about looking at the what is it that they're doing and then saying, let me record this process and, and ask myself, all of these pieces need to be done in this process in order for it to be done the way that it needs to be done. Great. Do you have to do it? Yeah, exactly. It well, needs to be done, but you could yeah. train somebody else to do it. Maybe there's Absolutely. a service out there that does part of this. Maybe there's an individual that could do it, or maybe there's an app that can do it. And now it's getting done and you're not having to do it. And it frees up that time. Well, and, and working, it, just because you can do a lot of the aspects of your business doesn't mean you should be doing it. It's the idea of working in your zone of excellence and your zone of genius, right? Just because you can do it because you're good at it. Oh, I can figure out that program or I can figure out how to do this. Yeah, you probably could because you're a smart person. But is that the best use of your time? Is, are we dollar cost averaging what you're worth per hour in, in a way that serves you, right? To be doing, you know, I, I don't know, marketing for instance, right? <laughs> so, and that's why, and, and, and here's the other side of that coin is that most people, they're good at what they do, but they're not marketing experts. They're not tech experts. So you know what? your time is better spent subbing that out to somebody who is, i.e. you, Terry, um, rather than trying to do it all yourself. In the beginning, yeah, you might have to do it, it all by yourself, but what is that costing you? And if you are spending money on, I don't know, Facebook ads, if you are spending money, you know, marketing in a specific way, are you getting that return on investment that you could get if you hired somebody who is actually good at it? I mean, let's be honest. I, I mean, I, I'm a good therapist, but I'm not good at all the all the aspects of my business. I'm not. I'm still, um, I, I hire stuff out, and I have to. And you have to. I was talking with somebody yesterday, and we were talking about every industry has the people who know enough to be dangerous, has the people who are snake oil salesmen and has the people who are truly experts in that industry. 
And you almost have to have a degree in the industry to know the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Between I one or the other, that. because they, they kind of mimic each other and they look and sound and smell the same. So you really have to look at the methodology and the process and the, the thought behind how this person is doing it or why they're doing it this way before you can understand if this person really truly is going to be aligned with your goals and your mission, whatever it might be. It could be a bookkeeper. It could be a business coach. It could be, mm -hmm. it could be a counselor. It could be a therapist. Mm -hmm. Like there are lots of counselors and therapists out there what separates or what makes somebody come work with you is because mm -hmm. your methodology, the way that you walk through this, your thought process and, and your way of explaining it resonates with the person that you're sitting across from. And they're saying, exactly. you're obviously the person who knows what I need and where I need to go. You're the one mm -hmm. I'm going to work with. Mm -hmm. And that's really, that takes a lot of self-awareness, I think, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. figure out what do I even need? Like, yeah. I know that I need something, but knowing that you need something is the first step. You really mm -hmm. need to identify what it is that you clearly need before you start talking to anybody. Mm -hmm. Because if you just go into, I need something, and you're going to talk to anybody who shows up with, hey, I have something, mm -hmm. <laughs> you right. know? Before you know it, you've been hoodwinked into this program that you only needed this little tiny piece of. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. you didn't know... Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now you're feeling frustrated, you're confused, you're irritated because you're not getting the results that you thought you were going to get. And right. all of the, the bad negative stuff comes back out Absolutely. and you kind of start the process all over again. And this happens a lot for small businesses. Uh, yeah. And, and, and not, not knowing, you know, a lot of people don't know what they don't know. Right. And so they're just kind of spitballing going into either a marketing program or, Oh, I need to be able to build my email or uh, press releases or something. I don't know. I just need more customers. As, as well, you know, a lot of people are just saying, you know, I just need more people. How do I do that? Um, and, and figuring out in this day and age what the best approach is and, and the cost, right? J to your point, it, it, and I'm the worst for this because I, I've even said, you know, I don't even know what to think is a good price for this. I'm clueless, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I could have people tell me $1,000, $100. I wouldn't know the difference, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's finding people that you can build a relationship, people that you trust, getting referrals, you know, and people who um, can really serve you in that capacity rather than, oh, you know, this showed up on my Facebook feed and I'm just going to try that because it was cheap and, you know, it was a slick video and they looked like they knew what they were doing and I'll just try that, right? Right. right. I, you know, sometimes that'll work. Sometimes uh, I would say, you know, try boots on the ground. It, it would be probably a better approach. Mm -hmm. The only challenge with boots on the ground sometimes is that can be expensive if you're talking about hiring a sales Absolutely. team. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. yeah, there's training yeah. time involved, there's material involved, and then, of mm -hmm. course, there's the hours and the travel that mm -hmm. you might be responsible for or even a different vehicle that mm -hmm. you might be responsible for on top of having those people that you're paying their time for. So you really, you really need to get clear. And like you said, find that, find that advisor, find that person that maybe they're just a friend that you yes. can say, look, I know you're in this industry and I know that I'm not paying you for this advice. So you totally don't have to tell me crap. But if you're going to tell me something, 
can you tell me what, what a good price is for a website or what a good price yeah. is for somebody to manage my social media? Yes. Like what's, what's the industry average in this area? Mm -hmm. So that way yeah. I can know because that price point can really range a lot no kidding. in yes. an area. Like I've worked with companies before that $50,000 for a website is nothing. And they've spent that in a heartbeat. And then I've worked with companies before that are like a thousand bucks for a website. Are you insane? That's too expensive. <laughs> and you're like, right. in the same area. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Who, yeah. who are these people? You know? Yeah. Uh -huh. but, but it's really important to get somebody who, who has that and knows, look, there, there are a lot of different things. What do you want it to do? Mm -hmm. That's going to help you kind of figure out what's the standard price point for something. And I think exactly. it goes the same for consent counseling and therapy as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This has been such an amazing conversation. Yay. I do want to make sure that I respect your time and the time sure. of our listeners. So what's going to be the best way for them to get in contact with you? Well, definitely reaching out to me through Facebook. Uh, my Facebook business page is fairly robust and I post there um, almost every day. You know, the, the, most of what's going on with me there. Um, also, um, the I, I just recently put out a new group program um, that I started promoting. Actually, I just got done with a 21-day pilot, and it turned out really, really well. Um, and so I'm taking enrollments for that for uh, my next group, for my group program. It's called Hopscotch to Happiness. And it really does touch on actually the um, concepts that I was saying before, just simple um, steps to happiness and life balance that you can integrate into your life very seamlessly. Um, yet it is at the same time accountable and measurable because remember, if we can't measure it, it didn't happen. Um, so we want to be able to measure, you know, the shift and measure the change. So that's a great way to start working with me, um, and, and with a, you know, very low barrier to entry in terms of cost. And, um, and it's fun. My, my people have had some amazing results on, on the, uh, first pilot. So definitely reach out to me about, um, enrolling in that next. That is, that is the big thing to work with me. And of course, I do online and uh, in-person um, uh, individual sessions. So if folks want to work with me, they can always, uh, and they, they can get in touch with you, Terry. You know how to get a hold of me. I do. So there's all sorts of ways to, to get in touch so, uh, and, and, and to work with me as well. And I would love the opportunity. That is so amazing. I so appreciate all of the, the wisdom, the, the philosophies and the, the methodologies that you shared with, with us and with me today. This has been absolutely delightful. And I just enjoy spending time with you in general anyway, but I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I hope our listeners take, take you up on that offer and get a chance to check out that group course because golly, it sounds like fun. Hopscotch to happiness. That's a good it is, name. Yeah. It is, thank you. It, yeah. It's fun. Um, and it, it's been a great time. I really appreciate your spending the time today and inviting me on. Um, Godspeed and, and um, the best of everything with your podcast going forward. Good stuff. Good stuff coming for you, Terry. I'm, I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We'll see All you right. next time. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
If you've enjoyed the show, help us share it by leaving us a review. Also, make sure to follow us at SpinFrogs, that's S-P-I-N-F-R-O-G-S, at Facebook and Instagram to be notified about our future episodes.